Just when you thought conference realignment talk could, couldn't get any crazier, Condoleezza Rice and George W. Bush are now in the mix. Man, what the? F- you are locked on Wolfpack, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Wolfpack Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Locked on Wolfpack, free and available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets back every single time they win in the regular season. FanDuel.com slash Locked on. As always, I'm Grayson Boone. Joining me is Kenton Gibbs. Kenton, what is this I'm hearing about George W. Bush and Condoleezza Rice involved with the ACC? What is going on? Well, you know, these uh, these schools are pulling out all the stops to, to get Clearly. into a conference. Um, because, you know, I've referenced this before off air, but the Mountain West is looking at them like, it's uh 149 and the DJ is turning on the lights and playing those songs that are telling you, you ain't got to go home, but you got to get the redacted up out of here. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, that's looking like it's going to be your only option. If you're, if you got to leave with somebody. Um, but these, these, these schools obviously want to get into a prestigious conference. They want to stay in a power conference. So, they're pulling all of their their muscle, uh, fame wise, politically, any other type of muscle they have, they're gonna pull out because these schools don't want to be left in the dirt. They don't want to be left behind. And um, you know, I'm surprised Cal hasn't had somebody uh, representing them. But hey, these they they want to move. SMU wants to move up, and I'll tell you this much: if I'm the ACC, I don't see a reason to say no to SMU, and I mean that very seriously. You literally only get benefit from this. You get another team in, which was reported at $33 million per team that was adding in, for a team that can't get anything for seven years anyway. Um, Sounds like a win to me. Oh, you're going to increase our pie without taking anything out? It's like if child labor laws didn't exist and people start adopting the, the hardest working little kids. Like, oh, you yearn for the mines, little one? Come on with me. Like, that's what's happening here. What, what are we doing? Yeah, this, of course, we were tipped off by, I guess you could call it your daily Brett McMurphy tweet. Uh, this tweet coming on Wednesday reads, Condoleezza Rice representing Stanford and George W. Bush representing SMU have contacted ACC officials to lobby for those schools to get an ACC invite. And of course, I, I can only assume this is a joke at the bottom, but who really knows these days? He writes, Marshawn Lynch is reaching out on Cal's behalf. No no Listen. word if Marshawn Lynch is reaching out. No word. Sorry, no word. That's what I meant yeah. to say. You're good. You're good. Listen, I don't care who they get to reach out for these schools. I don't care if it is Sherwood Blunt reaching out. I don't care if Tiger Woods is reaching out for Stanford. I don't care if Aaron Rodgers is reaching out for Cal. 
Did you actually? Did you know the villain in Tokyo Drift went to Cal? Me neither. Dude. But guess what else? I don't care if he reaches out. <laughs> this doesn't change anything. And I gotta tell you, this is, oh, this is a good opportunity. Mm-hmm. I feel like for a decent ricochet. I feel like we should blame Roy Cooper a little bit for this. He writes a letter <sighs> to the NCAA using his wrong. position to try and leverage something that benefits his school. And now here we go. A couple days later, you got the former president and a former secretary of state trying to leverage their schools in conference realignment. I've reached the point where I'm half, half of me is completely sick of discussing this kind of stuff. We're, we're two weeks away from kickoff here. Yeah. And we're talking about anything but the guys on the field. That feels a little bit ridiculous to me. But mm-hmm. the other half of me, the entertainment half of me, is like, well, how crazy can we make this thing? How, like, how how far are these people willing to go to potentially explore some conference realignment here? I don't know. But listen, I respectfully, I, I don't care. Like, I, I just, I don't care they can lobby as hard as they want it still doesn't make any sense no, no, for the uh, acc uh, here it just uh, doesn't make sense hold on just a minute now hold on because i i had to look up some of cal's most famous alumni and uh steve wozniak is uh an alum of cal and i'm gonna just tell you okay. something okay let, let me tell you let me tell you who he is let me tell you who he is he uh he is one of the folks from apple who was pretty instrumental in creating iPhones. Now, listen, hold on now. I know player health and safety is important, but uh, if these iPhones are on the line, you know, if they're, they're going to increase the price on those things, Lord knows we're already paying $20 a month for four years anyway for them. Please, we, we can't have those go up anymore. No, but seriously, you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, this is like, ooh, wow. Like, cool. You were the most powerful man in the free world, as they call it. Not anymore. You know what I mean? Like, hey, more power to you. You're just a guy now. With all due respect, you're just a guy. Granted, a guy with connections, a guy with money, all that stuff. Still just a guy, buddy. Still just a guy. So uh, I'm sure that there are plenty of, of, you know, alumni and boosters that we'll hear from. And I'm sure this isn't the end of it. I said this when there was no vote originally. That wasn't the end of it. There will be more. Because if you really look at the, the facts of the case here, technically speaking, Stanford, uh, not not Stanford, USC and UCLA are still in the Pac-12. Technically speaking, the Pac-12 is still the Pac-12, not a four-pack yet, technically speaking. So with that in mind, what we're looking at here is over the next 12 months, we're going to see some jockeying. We're going to see folks pulling out all the stuff. We're going to see people doing everything they can to get their team to be a part of one of the power conferences. Because for all of the yin-yang and riffraff talk about how the ACC is a dying conference, don't you find it interesting that there's no such talk like this about the Big 12? Don't you find that peculiar, if you will? Well, I mean, people seem to think the Big 12 is in a good spot. because I I think essentially because they're waiting on the ACC to fold and then those teams will then trickle into the Big 12. And then it'll essentially be like a power three at that point. But yeah, I, I get what you mean. I think the Big 12 is kind of avoiding some of the limelight here. But I mean, I I, I understand. Listen, 
while I still don't think it makes sense and it will not make sense moving forward, I understand the the point of view here for Cal, Stanford, Oregon State, Washington State. You fast forward a year on the calendar here, they don't have a home. They don't have a conference to be in because this, this four pack, while I don't know, maybe you can call it an alliance right now, next July, next August, that's gone. And right. Like you right. mentioned, UC, or USC and UCLA, they're gone. Oregon, Washington, they're gone. So these other teams, yeah, I mean, it is pedal to the metal. Colorado, gone. Colorado, gone. I, I just want to bring up one thing in terms of the Big 12 versus the ACC, okay? I'm going to name you some teams, and you tell me who the heavy hitter in this group is, okay? Okay. Arizona, Arizona State, Baylor, BYU, UCF, Cincinnati, Colorado, Houston, Iowa State, Kansas, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, TCU, Texas Tech, Utah, West Virginia. Who's the heavy hitter? I'd say Baylor's one. Mm -hmm. I'd probably say Oklahoma State is one. Okay. Um, Houston, maybe. Cincinnati, maybe. I mean, that's mainly football. Houston basketball, but. Okay. Um. UCF would love to call themselves a heavy hitter. Okay. I don't agree with that. But, I mean, yeah, that's that's the Big 12 for you. All right. Now, let me ask you this. Of those teams, um, how many of them have more NCAA playoff appearances or as many playoff appearances as Florida State, who, by the way, is not the ACC's marquee team technically right now in terms of performance and all that? Florida State went to the playoff once which is one time more than all of those teams combined. Yeah, I mean, Cincinnati's doesn't count for the Big 12. So oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Correct. Yeah, Cincinnati did go once, but, but I mean, they, not they, the they weren't 12, in the Big bro. 12. So yeah. even if we give Cincinnati theirs, you're, you're looking at that group of all those teams has combined with our team that is the second biggest, or not the second biggest, the, the second most successful uh, of our group. Yeah. Yeah, and we didn't even bring in the actual heavy hitter in Clemson. So I mean, what are we doing here? What are we what are we really doing? Like, let's let's just be honest with ourselves and say this thing ain't over. There will be more realignment. There will be more teams on the go and on the move. And I don't know how much Condoleezza Rice, George W. Bush, Marshawn Lynch, Deshaun Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, whoever the case may be, uh, Steve Wozniak in there as well would have to do with this, but we'll see it. You know, this is all to be. Uh, talked about and, and speculated on more, and, and these things aren't over yet. Well, they're certainly not over, but it's just a matter of who knows where this thing might go next. It's absolutely, it's unbelievable. Like, what an unbelievable tweet from Brett McBurr. A real tweet yes. with three of the three of the least suspected names <laughs> in the same tweet, all connected to the ACC. I couldn't believe it when I read it, but. Ah, man, just so much to monitor. And so in just a second here, Kenton, we're going to actually talk about actual football, which is what we should be discussing here two weeks away from the season. Uh, But first, a word from our sponsors. And today, that is FanDuel. Football season is about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. That's because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets back every single time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets back for every victory. You can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com 
slash locked on and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right. And now getting to actual football discussions. I want to now lead us into a little bit of a discussion uh, from Dave Dorn's comments on Wednesday. Discussing kind of how the last week at fall camp has gone. Um, Of course, we all know that. Coach Doran loves to keep things pretty close to the vest, uh, not just in fall camp, but I mean the whole season as it goes on in terms of the depth chart, injuries, or the the overall health of the team. He likes to play things close to the vest, and that's something I do admire about Coach. But kind of, he was asked to give his thoughts on the last week. Um, he disclosed that they will be having another scrimmage on Thursday today. Um, he talked a little bit about how the last two kind of live instances, which were the spring game and the scrimmage last Thursday, torrential downpour had to play through very bad weather conditions. So he's looking forward to hopefully a good day of weather to get a a better idea of what we actually have going on on both sides of the ball. But a couple of things that really stuck out in his comments, kind of the the basic, uh, I guess like soundboard type thing, just saying, the biggest areas of concern are limiting mistakes, limiting mental errors. Mm-hmm. And he wants to see that big time growth between the first scrimmage and the second scrimmage, kind of using it as a, uh, a measurement system, as you, you might say between like game one and game two in the regular season, he wants to see that develop it now before we put rubber to the road here. And then last point I want to talk about here is he really put a lot of emphasis on the defensive line, which is something we discussed just yesterday, that's how you know they're making a lot of noise, the boys up front. But gave a lot of credit to Savion. I keep calling him Savion. It's Savion, oh, my yeah, apologies. Yeah. CJ Clark and Davin Van, but also wanted to highlight Brandon Cleveland, Noah Potter, Red Hibbler, and Isaiah Shirley. What are you laughing at me? Oh, dude, I because in my mind I'm like, I don't I don't think Grayson grew up with a lot of Savions. I, I think that's the that may be the crux of this thing here. I, I went to school with a few of them in my day, so I'm familiar with the name, but don't worry, we're gonna get you up to speed in the Savion, Terquavion, Contavious is we'll get no, you. No, I up to speed. I know the name. It's no, just sorry. every time I read it, for some reason I say Sav instead of Save. I don't know why. Sorry about I got that. You. Anyway. I got you. But yeah, it's just every single time I see additional comments about the defense, it just builds that confidence that we are vastly deep. The defensive line, the linebacking core, the second door, secondary, they're all just raring to go. So very exciting to hear this kind of thing. You know, that Grayson Boone guy and that King Gibbs guy, knowers of ball sometimes, you know, knowers of ball. He kind of, you know, coming in the last year when we were in the offseason, I told everybody in their mama, hey, Davin Van is a guy. He's a freak. He's something different. He's, if you turn on the film, you'll see how special he is. And now look, Savion Jackson, we all know what he can do when he's healthy. CJ Clark, we all know what he can do when he's healthy. But it's never about 
especially for the defensive line position, it's never about just your ones doing it. Because if just your ones are doing it, that's good. It's good, but that's expected. And also, the nature of defensive line is so physically taxing, you cannot do that every single play of a game. There is no position group that rotates more than defensive line because when you think about the combination of what you're asked to do, offensive linemen don't have to run to the ball on every play. That's never a demand for them. As a matter of fact, it's illegal for the offensive line to run to the ball on certain plays. Defensive linemen, I mean, even if you you hit a big pass or something like that, they're supposed to be sprinting to wherever the ball is at all times. And you're talking about men that are 300, you know, anywhere from 240, 250 up to 330-ish. So, you know, you need the Brandon Clevelands to come along. You need the guys who are not talked about or heralded as first-teamers to come along because when you get that, when you get that situation where, all right, the ones need a blow and we don't have a drop-off in production. We don't have a drop-off in knowing where you're supposed to be. We don't have a drop-off in physicality. We don't have a drop-off in pass rushing ability. That is when you have something special on your hands. When you don't have to go to your twos and you're not saying, oh, God, we got to go base as long as he's in the game because he doesn't know what the heck he's supposed to be doing out there. Oh, boy, every time he's in the game, we got to bring pressure because we know if it's just him, he can't generate a pass rush by himself. When you have more than just your starters rolling, that is where you create something truly special up front and for the defense at large. And some of that depth and not having a drop-off was really highlighted when Coach Storm was talking about the linebacking core. You know, he he talked about since they've started, a lot of eyes have been on Jalen Scott, Devon Betty, even Caden Fordham. He mentioned Kamal Bonners having a great camp. The linebacking depth might be the strongest point in any position group on this team and there's reasons that's crazy to, to think about that's crazy, crazy. To think about. it's crazy because we're replacing drake thomas and isaiah moore of all people two and, of the most productive pieces of our defense last year and not only that you have one of the best corners in the nation come one of the best corner duos in the nation coming back and and you have safeties who have played big time football i yep. believe didn't boykin put the game away against florida state last year it was reception? either him or Jakeen Harris. It's one of the two. Okay. It's, Jakeen Harris is gone, yes or no? No, he's here. He, oh, okay. So either way it goes, one of the guys who ended the Florida State game is coming back. I think it was and, Boykin. And, 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 yeah, I'm pretty sure it was because it was the safety one-on-one, cover one. Yeah, it was, it was Boykin. But either way, you cut it or slice it, we're talking about a situation where we weren't – nobody was worried about the defense. There wasn't a unit on the defense that we were worried about per se. But in a year where we're saying – well, the defensive line is probably going to have to leave it. Or, well, our defensive backfield, you know, one of the top teams in the in the ACC and in the country in the interceptions. And lo and behold, it's the linebackers again. It it, it feels like an episode of Scooby-Doo where you, you pull off the mask and you see, oh, my God, it's the same guy. It is the same perp as it was last episode. That'd be great to see. It'd be great to see this linebacking core not only not take a step back, but potentially be better. You know, we've seen this in the past with other schools. Remember at Clemson when we thought that Skalski and Bowler were like the, the apex of linebackers. And then this Jeremiah Trotter Jr. kid, this Barry Carter kid show up and say, ah, those, those were like a 300 C. We're the phantom. Hopefully we're getting our phantom moment here where it's like, oh, 
well, those last that last group was great. We loved them, but uh, these new guys are doing it at an even higher level. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild to try and conceptualize the linebacking core could potentially be better this year after the the production we've had out of you know the last four or five years out of that spot. And of course, the cherry on top here is we still have a Peyton Wilson. Yeah. We still have a Peyton Wilson with his last year of college football here. It's it could get real scary real quick if this defense turns it on the way that people seem to think that they will. It could be uh could be dangerous. Could be real fun, dangerous. Fun fact for my people who are not comic book nerds, according to Canon or original Canon, Wolverine is only five foot seven or five foot six. Imagine that, but six four. We've got one of those on our side. Like that's that's what we got rolling here. Peyton Wilson is absolutely relentless. There, people overuse the phrase sideline to sideline. And yet, when you turn on the tape for Peyton Wilson, you truly will see him all over the field, all night long. Uh, they say that uh, I believe it's 75% of the earth is covered by water. The other 25% is covered by Peyton Wilson. You understand? <laughs> He's he's got it. He's if it's on land, he's covered it. Okay, so you know he's he's been an absolute monster here for quite some time. Um, he's a guy that again, when healthy, I haven't seen a, a better linebacker in person, and, and so um, I'm excited to see what he looks like this year. And you know, just hoping for continued health for the man because again, when he is healthy, he is not a good player. He is a game changer. He is a a game plan wrecker. He is the type of guy I can almost guarantee you if a quarterback is playing against NC State and they have one of those little uh, wristbands with the plays and whatnot on it, somewhere on that wristband, as sure as the sun rises on the east and sets on the west, I'm willing to bet my bottom dollar that somewhere on that wristband it says, find number 11. Find him. You got to find him. Because if you don't find Peyton Wilson, well, I mean, hey, go for it. Good luck. Good luck, but it won't work out well for you. Listen, I, I did win a fourth grade spelling bee, but last time I checked, disruption is spelled P-A-Y-T-O-N. You can bet on that. Stick with us. You're going to land this plane in just one second. All right, last couple thoughts here on Thursday. We are two weeks away from kickoff, now just 14 days to go. I hope it can go even faster than the, the rest of this month has gone. I I'm just, I'm going to chew away all my fingernails and I don't even do that regularly. I just need football in my life immediately, but something else to check out potentially by the end of this week, football wise recruiting watch. We have potentially some names to be monitoring here. An offensive lineman by the name of Tyler West. He's a three-star offensive lineman from Andrews, North Carolina received a crystal ball to NC state. There's no commitment date set, but I've been led to believe that that could be sooner than later. Mm-hmm. Another name to watch is a wide receiver in Jamar Boston, three-star wide receiver from Anderson, South Carolina, down in Clemson country, uh, six-foot wide receiver, 175 pounds, just received his third star, projected to be possibly even better than that when it's all said and done. Couple names that could go into this 2024 recruiting class to bolster it even higher. I know there's been a lot of discourse surrounding NC State's recruiting ranking as of right now. Kind of, you know, I wanted to touch back on something I said a few days ago. I don't think the recruiting rankings are nothing, but I think, you know, 
what matters is the production on the field. However, the recruiting rankings often mirror the team production after that three or four years. So as this recruiting ranking continues to rise, I believe as of right now, we're at like 40 or something in the country. It's going to be a good team for years to come. 2024, 2025, 2026. We're going to have a real solid football team, and there's a lot of reason for optimism on that. And I also want to point out that, you know, while everybody loves to say, oh, recruiting rankings don't matter, it doesn't mean anything. Listen, you're lying to yourself if you say that, okay? Yeah. These, it's more art than science. There is no perfect science to, to picking which teams are or which players are going to be the best and all that. And NC State has made basically a science out of player development. They sure so have. That is important. That is great. You love to see that. But here's where the, all that stuff becomes really important. When you win, when you get classes that are inside that top 40, top maybe even 25, I'll say this. If NC State was to land a top 20 class in the nation, um, I have no doubt that with our player development and with our coordinators, we'd be uh, very seriously a contender for literally everything. There's there's nothing that I would say is out of reach. But as it stands right now, I've always talked about how it is a cycle. You win games, you get great recruits. You get great recruits, you win more games. You win more games, you get great recruits, and so on and so on and so on. If you look at the teams that are constantly winning national championships, whether or not you believe in the star system or not, they have a lot of five stars. This is the reality. You look at Clemson and how they've been head and shoulders above the rest of the ACC. They have a lot of five stars. That's, that's just what it is. And so um, while we can't do anything about who is or is not on campus right now, that's fine. Go out there and win some ball games this fall. Go that's out right. there and make it tough on people to leave the state. Make it clear, hey, you don't got to go down to the middle of nowheresville, South Carolina, to go, go to a playoff. You can do that right here in the capital city of the great state of North Carolina. Yeah, I mean, something that will always be true about recruiting is if you're winning ball games, the recruits will follow. They absolutely will. That is a linear uh, equation right there, to say the absolute least. But that's going to do it for us here on this Thursday. Again, just two weeks away from kickoff. Cannot wait to get there. Look forward to having some uh, potential special guests here within these next two weeks. We'll be putting out more information on that when we have it, so be on the lookout there. Um, as always. Toss us a like, toss us some comments on what in the world George Bush's name is coming across our desk for. Uh, And as always, hit that subscribe button. Every single day I check, that number is higher and higher. Thank you all so very much for your support. We greatly appreciate it. And we want to take this thing as high as we can possibly go with it. So thank you as always. Go Pack. Go Pack.